Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to this week's edition of the All Things Podcast. I am excited to come to you all this week with a monologue after coming back from the Right to Publish conference at Wheaton College. Um, so many full circles and just God moving in such encouraging ways that I just want to share some of that with you all because what happened 25 years ago at that very conference, Right to Publish, which started at Moody College and moved to Wheaton College, um, what started there 25 years ago definitely took me on a detour. And the way God has brought it all full circle and used that experience for good. Um, you know, you all know Romans 828 is my thing, and that's what all things podcast is always focused on. So I want to just share the good that God has brought out of um, a real, uh, you know, many years of struggle, but another way that he is using that for good and fulfilling that promise that we have, those of us who love him and are called according to his purposes, that promise that he will work all things together for good. So, um, you know, I was flying home from Chicago just a few weeks ago, and I couldn't help but think about the devastation that I hear about practically on a weekly basis from those who've experienced abuse by those in spiritual authority and how it so often destroys the person's life. Most people who experience the kind of abuse that I did completely walk away from God, embittered by the injustice of it all. But God in his mercy saved me from walking away from him 
in order to use my experiences to warn others against deception. And that call on my life has led me to joyfully raise the bar in what we will and will not publish at Redemption Press. Just last week at the Right to Publish conference, where I was on a panel of industry experts and professionals, publishers, agents, editors, etc., we were asked the question uh, that we were asked to weigh in on, what's the first thing you look for when a manuscript is submitted to your company? And my immediate answer was this, two things, a topic we believe in and can get excited about promoting, and secondly, solid theology. I went on to say, what troubles me in our industry today is that many Christian publishers will publish anyone, regardless of their beliefs, just to try to reach a market of buyers that will boost their bottom line. And because of my history with spiritual abuse, I absolutely do not want to allow our reputation as a publisher for excellence and award-winning books to give credibility to an author who is knowingly or unknowingly following a doctrine of demons. Not long ago, we were ready to sign an author and at the last minute found out that he was LDS. In this case, even though the author wasn't promoting Mormon doctrine in his manuscript, we still turned his manuscript down. We give credibility to every author we publish with the high standards of excellence that we adhere to, and I cannot in good conscience elevate an author who believes a lie. And that shouldn't sound judgy to you all because I believed a lie for 13 years. So I know what that's like. And, you know, as I finished sharing that on the panel, um, it was interesting how one of our competitors down a, a few from me on the other end of the panel was proud of the fact that they will publish anyone. And I kind of held my breath at that point. But then when the representative of CLC Publishers, which is Christian Literature Crusade, he shared their vetting process for every author they take on, declaring the importance of making sure that that author's personal life and doctrine line up with Orthodox Evangelical Christianity. After all, they are publishing the person first and the message second. And my heart just rejoiced as I heard Dan Balo make that statement. The same commitment to protect our reputation goes for other false doctrines being promoted throughout the church in America, like the prosperity doctrine. Celebrity, and I make air quotes here, celebrity pastor influencers and new age practices prevalent in certain movements. There is so much of that going on. And for me to know how deception works and how crafty the enemy is in presenting himself 
as an angel of light and the enemy's workers as workers of righteousness. I am absolutely committed to doing everything I can to keep our doors shut to the enemy. And, you know, that doesn't go over really well with some people. It just doesn't. And sometimes I kind of scratch my head at how some people would question my stand with our updated statement of faith and author guidelines with almost what seems like the same disdain that Pilate did when he questioned Jesus, asking him, well, what is truth in John 18, 38? Or maybe the same sneer of the Pharisees who loved money and made fun of Jesus and the parable of the prodigal son. I almost dare say it feels like the same spirit that's being stirred up that questioned Eve in the garden. Did God really say? And all I can do is just fall to my knees and say, Lord, open our eyes to see the most prevalent tactic of the enemy in leading believers astray. Think about it. Pilate does not ask this question like we do today. We're trying to fully seek the truth. His question was laden with disdain and somewhat cynical in nature. Why does Pilate ask the question this way? Because think about it. Jesus had just stated the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate's sarcastic response led him to bend toward the accusations of the crowd. He could find no reason to condemn Jesus to death, yet he gave in to their loud demands resulting in Jesus, who was innocent of the charges against him, being sentenced to death. On that day, the popular opinion of the crowd outweighed the truth. And this tactic of the enemy is still in full force today because so many are being led astray, bending toward what is trendy rather than what is right. Scripture says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And it also says, what has light to do with darkness? You know, for me, having been entrenched within religious systems that brainwash their followers with a skewed version of the truth, I am ever aware of the increasing ways that the enemy lures away well-meaning people into ideologies that are contrary to the truth. And having been set free, I am super careful to lead my life and my company in truth. And since Jesus states the reason he came was to bring truth, he is the only source I will allow to guide every aspect of my life and this company. I've been feeling an urgency to take my experiences in the new age 
and cultish practices and bring awareness to the audience that God has entrusted to me. I'm often questioned, why do I take such a firm stand against things that are seen as harmless? They're just tools. Well, beliefs that appear to be based in godly and spiritual practices, but are not, need to be exposed. And my hope and prayer is that we can enter into a conversation and bring the truth into the light within these issues. There are no secrets in the truth of God's word. Everything is exposed to his light. We can have assurance that what we believe is true because the Bible is the source, the standard of our truth. And scripture warns us of false doctrine that's coming and is already here to deceive Get this, even the elect. Boy, may we humble ourselves and be on guard against the efforts of the enemy to deceive and destroy. So in the coming weeks, I'm going to be exploring some of these deceptive philosophies and beliefs that are invading the minds and hearts of believers both inside and outside the church. And if you have a topic that you are wondering about within the Christian culture, please let me know, send me an email, send me a DM, uh, make a comment here on the podcast, and we can explore it together. I would love to hear from you on some different questions that you might have. So God bless your week and may he just bring um, truth and wisdom and discernment to you as you begin to seek him for anything in your life that maybe you've believed is true, but is not. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.